I'm Laura Engel, Fox News Radio, and we are going to spend a few moments with Sonia Richards-Ross. She's in studio. How are you? I'm so excited to be here, Laura. Thanks for having me. All right. So you know the name. You've seen the footage. You've been there. You've lived the fanfare. Five-time Olympic medalist, fastest woman in history. You are such an amazing athlete. Um, For those who may not know you, I can't imagine somebody doesn't, but (laughs) for those who don't know you, how would you... uh, you know, give yourself your job title here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess um, the greatest one is four-time Olympic gold medalist. I started running when I was seven, and when I was nine, I told my grade school teacher I'd be an Olympic champion. Took me some time, but I accomplished that. Um, now author, which I'm super excited about. My two books are out, uh, Run With Me and Chasing Grace. Mm-hmm. Um, a philanthropist, um, entrepreneur, yes. a wife, and soon-to-be mommy. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> Didn't want to say anything. I was waiting for you to say it. I'm so glad you did. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you so much. And you also, you have, did you do a reality show? Glam I did. I did a reality show on WeTV Glam and Gold in 2013. It was a lot of fun. We ended up not doing a second season. I maybe would do a show again if it was the right next work right time but it was a lot of fun to be on reality tv yeah i bet bet. well we love to watch that stuff and um you know you are you are such an inspiration so let's let's just dive right in and talk about your new book chasing grace what the quarter mile has taught me about god and life yes what the quarter mile teach you The quarter mile has taught me so much. The 400 is the toughest sprint on the track. And so it really does test you physically, mentally, and spiritually. And so I learned a lot throughout my journey. I actually chronicle that in the book. Um, I talk about the strategy that my coach gives me to win the 400, which is the four Ps. Um, and you can learn about it in the book, but I also think it can help you to run your best race in life. And the four Ps, just name them. Sure. Push, pace, position, poise, and then there's a secret fifth P, prayer, oh. Oh, yes. where you stay in constant communication with God throughout the journey. Wow. Well, and that, of course, translates and transcends to everything. It's yes. Not, uh, everything beyond athletics. Absolutely. I could use it here in my radio and television world uh, to push <laughs> and pray and, yes. and persevere and all that. Did I just add another one? Persevere? Yes, you did. You yeah. just added a six right. P. Well, <laughs> I'm adding a six P here. Um, so, you know, the book, the, a lot of people are talking about the book, which is now available and is available wherever books are sold. Yes. And I've been seeing on Twitter that you have been very active and yes. it sounds like you've had a, a very strong response. Tell yeah. me about your family. Tell me about the young girls that come and see you. What do they say to you? How do they thank you? What do they want to know from you? What do they want to absorb from your journey? Yeah, I think that's probably been the best part of being an athlete and especially an athlete now with how social media is and you get really connected to your fans. And I think young people just are inspired by seeing the hard work. um, seeing the results. But I think what they really want and that's what I try to do in my books is they want that authentic connection. They want to know what's really happening. And the truth is, we all know that the road to gold is not paved in gold. Mm -hmm. There's so many ups and downs, which I experienced them all from injury to disappointment to having to make tough choices in my life. Um, But, you know, I think that's what inspires other people. We all strive for excellence in our lives, but what connects us is our humanity and, you know, understanding that it's not going to be an easy journey. So I think young women are always like, you're so open and you're so honest and you inspire me to be great. And I was looking on your Twitter feed and you say, God gives you dreams. Chase them, exclamation point. Yes. Which I love. (laughs) So you you realize that you are good at this at what, around age seven? Yeah, I started when I was seven. 
Um, but I would say like around age nine was when, you know, my dad was like, wow, this girl is special. And then by the time I was 16, I really started to believe in it and really started putting in the work towards getting to the Olympics. How do you how do you put in the what what does that mean? <laughs> Help me understand, because, you know, I, I'm good about running around the track by my school, by my house. Yes. Uh, but I, I don't know, you know, watching the the tapes of you, um, I, I went on YouTube and I was kind of reliving the things I had remembered about you. And I was like, wow, to push through. There was one race I was watching where you were behind and you just pushed through and you passed the Russian. It's like, yes. oh, my God, how did, <laughs> how did she do that? How yeah. do you do that? How do you dig deep? How do you get the strength? How do you train? Teach us. Well, the first part you you know you asked is about the training. And I remember when I was 16 years old, um, my junior year in high school, I suffered my first injury. And my father said to me in the car, and I'll never forget it, it was kind of the turning point in my life. He said to me, do you want to be great or do you want to just keep competing? And I realized in that moment that there was a difference in doing something deliberately to be great or just doing something because it came easy for you. And so my senior year in high school, I started doing a thousand sit-ups every Ooh. night. What? I started running stadium stairs and I paid attention to my diet and my rest. And I really had a great senior season. And I'm got sorry, a- how long does it take <laughs> to do a thousand sit-ups? Let's back up for a second. Sure. I need to know. It takes an hour to do a thousand sit-ups. Okay. So you just turn the TV on, get, you know, get, get some okay. Fox on, on TV there and watch go. some good news. I like and, your thinking. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then you knock them out before you can even, you know, by the time you blink. And you how old them. were you? I started when I was 16 right, doing so that. A thousand sit-ups, a thousand doing sit-ups, the stadium. Stadium stairs, watching film of other athletes who I admired, eating well, resting well, and not really hanging out, you know, with my friends, really focused on that in my schoolwork. I had a 4.0 GPA in high school, too. I don't want to forget that. Yes, absolutely. So I worked, I worked really hard. Um, and then I was fortunate to get a scholarship to the University of Texas. And I made my first Olympic team in 2004. And so it's just been a tremendous journey. And, you know, you say you, you, you brought up the 2008 Olympics when yeah. I got to run past the Russian. And that was just a memory I'll never forget to be able to bring my team back from we were in second place and to win gold with my team was just one of the best experiences of my life. And I was um, I was when I was watching some of the tape of you, something that you said stuck out to me. I refuse to lose. Yeah. And but you do, yeah. but but we all do lose we from do time lose. to time, yeah. right? Absolutely. But you got to have that mentality. You got to have that mentality, and that's what I was going to say is that that's an important component of competing at a high level. We always talk about the physicality and the training, but you also have to be mentally tough. Mm-hmm. And so every time I step on the track, I would say I refuse to lose. I refuse to lose, just to kind of will myself to give my very best. You know, to dig deep to find that little extra that would help me to cross the finish line first. Were, were there moments of doubt? Along this road, I mean, these dips and you've had a lot of highs, a lot of lows, and you said you've had them. But like, I would imagine that, Mm -hmm. you know, for having this type of career, that there might be a time where you go, you know what? I just I don't know if I can do it anymore. Absolutely. Um, Moments of doubt happened all the time. You know, you stand on the track at the Olympics and you've worked really hard and you want to keep telling yourself that you deserve to be there. But I mean, I call it monkey chatter. You know, you just can't help those negative right. thoughts that come into your mind that says someone else has might have outworked you or you're just, you know, you're not deserving or whatever it is. And so absolutely along the way, I've had lots of doubt and I've tried to deal with those fears and emotions by being positive and relying on my faith and really trusting God's, you know, what God's plan for my life. But it wasn't always easy. You're very a very descriptive writer, too. I want to, <laughs> you know, go back to the book that's out now and available to all of you listening, Chasing Grace. Um, the description that you give of coming out of the bus and it's raining and you're yeah. looking through the sheets of rain yes. and you have to walk down. T- tell me about, <laughs> tell tell the v- listeners and yeah. viewers um, about that moment and what where were you during this very descriptive time in a rainstorm sure, in your it, book? 
Yes, it was in 2005, my first world championship experience. I had just become a professional athlete, and I'm in Helsinki getting ready to compete in the 400 final. And it literally, I've, we've, I've never seen anything like it. I thought they would cancel the meet. It was just insane. The rain literally covered the track. It was like a pool. Um, and my coach, who had been coaching for 50 years, was like, I've never seen anything like this. But of course, when you're at those big meets, I mean, there's a schedule, you know, there's TV. So they had to run the race. And in that chapter in particular, I talk about a time where I felt like I didn't run my best race. And I think it's so important that even though I'm on a track competing against seven other women, I have to always run my best race and kind of got lost in my biggest competition during that race. And I finished second in my first world championship. And, you know, I talk about that disappointment because if I would have run my best race, I believe I could have won on that day. Some of these chapters have incredible names, Um, you know, competition of one, getting out of your own way, Mm -hmm. Uh, tunnel vision, eyeing eyeing the finish, Um, fallen star. Yeah. Um, Is this where you talk about Marion? Yes. Talk to me about watching somebody you look up to uh, disappoint you. Yeah, that was a really tough time for me. Um, And I was very prayerful. There are lots of chapters that I was very prayerful about sharing. Um, And this was one of them because Marion Jones, I don't have lots of heroes, but Marion Jones was definitely one of my heroes growing up. And as a young track star, I wanted to be just like her. And I can't tell you how disappointed I was that day when she finally announced that she was using performance enhancement and enhancing drugs. And I think for me, I talk about a lot in the book where I say, you know, I, I wish she would have believed in herself as much as I did. Yeah. And so for me, it was really important for me as I experienced that to say, you know what, I never want a young girl to have that experience with me. Mm-hmm. You know, even if I never win, even if they just see me out there fighting every day and you know, the best I ever get is second or third or fourth. I think that that's an image of success that women can hold on to. Role models, yes. And yeah, I wanted to be a great role model. So it was a tough time. And I, yeah, I write about her as well. I'm glad that you did because it's important because like you said, the road to yeah. gold is not always paved in gold, or however yeah. you said it. But it's important for us to to delve into some of these you know, hardships, disappointments, because sometimes we all look on TV and it all looks maybe not easy, but, you know, it looks so clean and perfect and beautiful. Yeah. And it, 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 the backstory isn't always that. Mm-hmm. Um, you talk about body shaming yeah. in the book. Tell me, tell me about that part of your life. Yeah. So in 2007, I was diagnosed with a rare autoimmune disease and I started to have awful skin lesions all over my body. I had severe mouth ulcers and then mm-hmm. I also dealt with fatigue and joint pain. And, you know, as an athlete, I had never really noticed how, you know, I just worked out well, worked out hard, had a nice body and never really paid attention to kind of like the perks that came with being an athlete until I was confronted with my own insecurities. And um, I started running in sleeves to cover my arms because they were so badly marked. And it took a little while for me to realize, you know what? I didn't do this to myself. These are my war wounds. I'm, and beauty comes from within. It's not about trying to be perfect or have a perfect image. And so finally, I was able to embrace what was happening with my body. But it taught me a lot about, you know, even for myself, what do I think beauty is? Like, you know, what do I put out there? And really just trying to be authentic and real about, you know, beauty being something that's internal and not external. It's something that you share with the young people of the world, with your foundation, yes. uh, the gold standard. Yes. Um, you clinics around the United States yes. and in Texas as well. Yes. What's some of the messaging that you give to young people? Yeah, you know, I've been very fortunate to work with some amazing organizations. Um, and my husband and I just recently started doing kind of our own our own organization, the Gold Standard Foundation in 
Austin, Texas, and I have a girl empowerment prom glam program, which is really about image. And it really starts off with a vision board where I help these girls to understand, look, you got to see it to believe it. You got to have a plan as you're going on to this next phase of your life. And um, we go out and we do community service. So it's important for them to remember that no matter where you go, don't forget where you came from and right. always give back. And then the prom glam part is where we get to have a little bit of beauty, but with the understanding that, look, this is just a reward, a final reward for you really investing in yourself and, and believing in yourself. And it's just a wonderful experience to see these young girls with yeah. their shoulders a little you know, further back and their chest higher. They're just always so proud to be a part of it. I think they're better for it. It's so important when when we talk to authors and these books come out uh, to know the backstory of, of being able to be brave enough to tell your story. Um, as you as you sat down to write this book, um, there are some chapters in here that are important to you and very personal. Is yes. there anything that stands out to you? Yes, Laura. <laughs> um, there was a chapter that literally did not get put in the book until the ninth hour, and it's my ninth chapter. Okay. <laughs> um, and it was because I was very, very, very prayerful about sharing this story. Um, but as we finally landed on a name and I started to see the book develop, I realized that if I didn't share this story, I would have been disingenuous to my own journey. And so the book is called Chasing Grace. And there was a time in my life where I experienced God's grace more profoundly than any other time of my life. And so it's a story that I share about the 2008 Olympics. Um, right before leaving for Beijing, I found out I was pregnant. Um, I had been with my husband for about four years. We were engaged at the time, but I certainly wasn't ready to be a mother. Um, and I really wanted to be an Olympic champion. And so as a Christian, I really battled with that decision. And, you know, I, I did what I had to do. And went on to Beijing and started competing. And, you know, I talk about for the first time in my life, I wasn't just running for a gold medal. I was kind of trying to outrun my shame and this unworthy feeling that I had to be a champion. And I think it ultimately got the best of me in Beijing when I finished third in the 400 because I just felt so heavy. Um, mm -hmm. And so um, thank God the story doesn't end there um, because a couple of days later or the, the same night, I should say, I'm sorry, um, I experienced God in such a unique way where he just hugged me and just explained to me that he loved me and that he had forgiven me and it was time for me to forgive myself. And yeah. so, you know, I've still been on that journey. I think if, you know, there are other women out there that have had this experience, they know it's not easy. And, you know, even every time I share the story or talk to another woman about it, it, it it's hard for me to share it, but I really do hope that it inspires and helps un other people and other women who are going through this to know that God loves you and we all make mistakes and we can rebound from them. And I now sit here expecting my first child having one Olympic gold medal. And I can truly say that God restores. Wow. What an incredible story. And, thank and I thank you for being personal and mm -hmm. being honest, because there are uh, people that we've talked to through the years when we do the books. Um, and and you find out later that they left something out. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's important to be genuine. Yeah. It's important for people to know the full story. So we'll leave on a high note. So uh, <laughs> when I, I want to go back to um, some of the, you know, what is your greatest thrill? Because when I saw some of those tapes of you running yes. and I heard the roar of those crowds, which I don't even know how many people were in those stadiums. <laughs> what is that like? What yeah. is that like to get out there and run in front of that amount of people? It's hard. To it's like just, being a rock star. I mean, you're like yeah. going out on this huge stage and Absolutely. people are cheering for you. Yeah, it's you know, I, I kind of it's hard to describe it and put into words. But, you know, the best way for me to describe it is really just kind of running into a fairy tale. Mm. And, you know, the highlight of my career was absolutely in 2012 when I finally won that individual gold medal. And I remember just seeing my name on the scoreboard and 
being able to run around the track and experience it with my entire family as I did my victory lap and then standing on top of the podium and having the national anthem played in your honor. I don't know how you didn't cry. I was watching you. <laughs> and I, every time I hear it at a t-ball game with my son and I want to start crying. So <laughs> There's just so many emotions that are yeah. running through you, Laura. It's like you, you want to cry, you want to jump, you want to scream, you want to shout. And it's like, you know, your body is like just experiencing so much. But it was definitely by far the best moment of my career. And I'm so grateful I had that. Your most important message to your young fans. Um, my most important message is it's important to chase, um, to chase your goals, trace your dreams, but always remember to check in with your spirit and your soul and, you know, don't outrun the lessons of life that I think are there to help make you a better person. The book is called Chasing Grace, What the Quarter Mile Has Taught Me About God and Life, your second book. Is that correct? Is this the second? Well, I have two books that are coming out on the same day. Okay, there you go. So Chasing Grace is the adult book. Okay. And then Run With Me is the kids book ages 8 to 12. That doesn't so tackle cool. the tough, tough yeah. issues. Right, right. <laughs> it's just really about the inspiration That's and how great. to work hard. And okay. so, you know, those two books are available now. Sonia Richards-Ross, thank you so much. Congratulations on all of your success. Thank Congratulations you. to all that you have coming to you uh, with the birth of your child. Thank and you. With your marriage and this journey and sharing your story. We thank you for your honesty. We thank you for putting it out there. And we can't wait to see what you do next. Thank you, Laura. I'm Laura Engel. This is Fox News Radio. I'm Charles Payne. Listen to my Unstoppable Prosperity podcast so I can get you making money right now. Whether stocks are hitting new all-time highs or in freefall mode, opportunities abound. So why are so many potential investors still sitting on the sidelines? In a new season of my podcast, I'm going to get you in the game. After 38 years on Wall Street, I'm ready to impart some lessons and get you invested in the greatest wealth-generating machine in history. Listen anytime, everywhere at foxbusinesspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Listen to Fox News Podcast shows ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or follow wherever you get your podcasts.